This episode of Accelerate is brought to you in part by Discover.org. Looking to close four times as many deals in half the time? Discover.org's industry-leading human-verified sales intelligence gives you all of the data and insights like direct dials, org charts, planned projects, verified emails, and executive moves. You need to stop wasting time on research and spend more time talking to the right decision maker with the right message at the right time. Their team of 250-plus sales researchers do all the work so that you don't have to. 2,500 companies are already using Discover.org to win more deals. So check them out at www.discoverorg.com. That's www.discoverorg.com. It's time to accelerate. Hey, friends, this is Andy. Welcome to episode 585-585 of Accelerate, the sales podcast of record. Joining me as my guest today on the show is Grant Cardone. I imagine most of the audience are familiar with Grant. Grant is best-selling author, speaker, CEO of Cardone Enterprises, author of multiple best-selling books, including the New York Times bestseller, Be Obsessed or Be Average. And that's really the theme that we're going to discuss today. Why average is the enemy of obsession and why being obsessed with serving others, with learning and improving are the keys to achieving everything you want to in your career and in your life. If you'd like to see the show notes for this episode, go to andypaul.com forward slash 585. As always, we provide times that break down this and all conversations on Accelerate. Make sure you check that out. Before we get to the interview, let me remind you that today's show is brought to you in part by our friends at Discover.org. The Discover.org platform is a game changer for sales, marketing, and staffing professionals This feature-rich sales intelligence platform is supported by 250-plus researchers who continually update the contact data and provide account-specific insights to help sales and marketing teams break ahead of the pack. So you can see the product live at discoverorg.com forward slash schedule hyphen demo. That's (laughs) discoverorg.com forward slash schedule hyphen demo. I'm sorry, I blanked out there for a second. Uh, Also, one last announcement is and this is something that just uh, we really just launched on on Monday of this week. It's an important announcement for those listeners who are sales leaders, VPs of sales of high growth SaaS companies. Now, I'm teaming up with Jocko Vanderkoy, the founder of Winning by Design and the author of Blueprints for a Sales SaaS Sales Organization. A great book if you haven't read that. And we're launching something called the Sales Leadership Accelerator Mastermind. And what this is, it's an intensive 12 month learning, coaching, and mastermind program for the Vice Presidents of Sales of high-growth SaaS companies. So if the responsibility sits on your shoulders to scale your revenue and your team, you know, to grow, to hit that $100 million mark and go beyond it, then the Sales Leadership, sales leadership Accelerate Mastermind that will help you transform how you sell, scale, and develop the capabilities of your team to crush your goals. So if this program description fits you, then this is something that you should investigate, absolutely. So enrollment is limited. To a small number. So to find out more information, go to our website. That's at S-A-A-S-S-L-A-M. That's sasslam.com right now to learn more and enroll today. All right, let's jump into it with Grant Cardone. Grant, welcome to Accelerate. Hey, man. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me here today. I appreciate it. Well, no, honor to have you on the show. So I've got a standard question I ask all my guests to start the show is, in your mind, what's, what's the single biggest challenge facing sales reps today? Uh, they don't think big enough. 
The sales reps trying to hit a quota, dude. I, I don't want to hit a quota. I want to make some. I want to make some money. Well, so, yeah, I'm sorry. I want Go to ahead. Make some real money. I want to make money that does more than pay my bills. This is why salespeople suffer. I mean, I've been in this space for 30, 35 years. Mm-hmm. I wish I would have understood money before I took my first sales job. I wish somebody would have sat down with me and told me how much money it takes to not be worried about money every second of the day, every day. So see, see, a guy gets a job, you know, he's like, how much can I make here? And the manager's like, well, you can make, or whoever's trying to hire him, you can make about 70 grand. Well, it's because the manager and the company all think too small. So who wants to go to work for 70 grand when your cost of living is 68? What would you have done differently? Early well, in your I would career. Somebody would have sat me down and said, look, man, if you're not going to make three or four or 500 grand a year, like that's warm up money, by the way, that's just, that's just baby money. And I know some of your audience is going to be like, oh, my God, this guy is sickening. Listen to what I'm telling you, okay? This ain't the Dave Ramsey show, right? This is Accelerate Podcast, okay? Got to accelerate the thinking. Like, you don't, you, don't buy, you don't buy a Ferrari to go 60 miles an hour. I mean, if you're only going to drive 60 miles an hour, don't buy a Ferrari. It's a waste of money. So everybody that's listening right now, you're sitting on tremendous talent and phenomenal potential. Why be paid 70 grand a year? Well, I mean, how do people get out of their own way? I mean, one of the things that's, that I see is that, you know, and I hear this all the time, is, is sales reps today say, oh, it's so much harder today than it was 10 years ago or 20 years ago. And it seems like hardly a day goes by that I don't, I don't hear that. And actually, it's sort of supported by a lot of people who write about sales. And it's like, I don't think it's harder. or not, It's not easier, but it, it's just hard. It's, it's harder because there's no payoff, okay? It's harder because you never you have no chance of, of having freedom, right? So look, if you get locked up in a concrete prison for the first three or four days, you're going to try to break out. You're going to see what the walls are like, the doors are like, the cages, right? But then then finally, you're like, there is no way out of this place, right? You realize you're on an island that's 100 miles away from any other land. Right. Finally, you're, you're going to become passive. You're going to be like, okay, I surrender. Apathy. This is what happens to salespeople because their goals, their financial goals, basically lock them in prison to the point, Andy, where why do I want to make another sales call, man? Okay, so I'm going to go from 70 grand to 72 grand. Okay, my cost of living is still 68. There's no money left over. Healthcare is going up. Whole Foods is going up. There's no freedom, man. Well, but doesn't some of that freedom, I mean, these days, we're seeing more and more in sales with, you know, the transparency that some of the sales automation tools provide and the data that's driven, you know, into managers' hands is, yeah, they put, they put the salespeople in prison as well. I mean, make your 50 calls today. And they don't give them the freedom to do something better. It's all about quantity, not quality. If you make 50 calls at my company, you won't work here next week. Okay? Mm-hmm. First of all, I have people that work for me that make 30-year-old gentlemen, 30-year-old guys, been with me four years, still make a million dollars this year, and he's not in management. Okay, why is he going to make the extra call? Why is he going to work through the program, right? He doesn't feel like he's a trapped mice, you know, having to live in the, in the, in the walls of, of the house because he's not going for a little piece of cheese. He's going for a score. Salespeople, sales professionals, you need to get your head wrapped around how much money it takes to actually have any freedom. 
Uh, I was doing a gig for Northwestern Mutual, and the average earner in the room was made nine hundred forty thousand dollars last year. And my opening line was, my opening statement or question was, "How do you guys live on nine hundred forty grand a year?" And they're like, "What?" <laughs> I said, "How do you live on less than a million? How do you even like feel good about yourself when you go to sleep at night?" Right. So what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to shake people out of this this I'm just going to get by mentality. So you're not focused on how hard it is, but how big the victories could be. So back to the previous question, though, is, is it the fault of the seller or the managers? Right. I mean, in, in that environment, I mean, yeah, sellers can think big, but do they then have to be do they have to become entrepreneurs to really have that freedom? I mean, I don't, I don't know whose fault it is. I mean, maybe it's a conspiracy. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't care whose fault it is. Yeah, it's like, what are you going to do about it if you're listening right now? What I'm trying to tell tell the audience, your audience, is, hey man, you need to get to four or five hundred grand a year before you're going to experience any financial freedom. And if you can't do that where you are, you better figure out how to do it where you are, or go some other place because right. you're going to hate every job you have. You're going to end up hating your marriage. You're going to hate your kids. Look, it takes a million two to get a kid from birth to college. Damn. If you got four kids, it's going to cost you $5 million just to get rid of them. <laughs> so you better make some money. And this is what people are not told when they go work at State Farm or the pharmaceutical agency or wherever they're going into the real estate. The, the average real estate person can't even buy the house they're showing. Right. Because nobody gave them a financial course of what it takes to be great. And by the way, it takes money to be great. I mean, you talk about obsession. And I think, I think this is, when we talk about, I talk about passivity in sales, this is one of the issues I see is, is they're not committed to doing more. It seems like it's hard to get them over that step to say, you know, hey, you've got to be obsessed about earning this amount of money. Totally agree. I have to be like, if you ask, if you ask most people, how much money do you make? Most people don't even know what they make. Ask them what they paid in taxes last year. Uh, I'm not sure. I have to check. Okay. How much? How much is in the bank account right now? Uh, I don't know. People have given up on money. Now, if you're going to be a salesperson, you don't want to give up on money. If you're just going to have a job that can't pay you, like you can't get a commission, you can't control your income, you can't can't control the outcome. Don't get a sales job. Go be a waitress. But even a waitress can control her income, right? She could make as much money on the tip as they made on the meal if she's got a phenomenal attitude. So all I'm saying to you is before we teach people to sell, how to qualify, how to fact find, you know, how to, how to do all that stuff, that sales stuff, uh, or, or the product, how, what is the product, or how to add value, man, teach people how much money they need to actually have some freedom. And maybe what you'll find out is all I need is 60 grand. And then, and then me and you will never accelerate that person, Andy. No. Well, I think that's, that's really sort of the, the topic I was driving at with that is, is just, this is what I see is, is too few people. I mean, you've built a, obviously a heck of a business with people that are motivated to take life into their own hands, but it's still such a small fraction of the population that's out there. It's like, how do you reach beyond the top performers? to start with this message you know i think you got to go wide you got to go wide you got to talk to everybody you got to start waking people up you know and 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 i have an audience i have an audience some of them live in new york city and some of them live in india so um i got guys that, that use my programs that make five million dollars a year 50 million bucks a year and, I, and, and, and fifty thousand a year 
So I'm talking to an audience. I'm just telling them the truth. This is an economic planet. It penalizes everybody that's poor, and it penalizes everybody that's in the middle. Only until you get to the upper ranges of the financial uh, of a spectrum do you start getting some freedom. And I'm talking about the top 90%. Oh, the middle class is not does not have any uh, freedom today. Okay, it, it is completely is not what it was 30 years ago. So I think the way you reach more people and is you start telling the hard, cold, you know, truth of the situation. And then all of a sudden, people feel like they're under threat. People actually perform well when they're under some kind of pressure and threat. Well, I mean, you, you talk about it in, in your work that, you know, three-quarters of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. I mean, it seems like everybody should be feeling like they're under threat. Yeah, no, no, no unless I've given up, right? Unless I'm start, I start making sense of it. 70, 76% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. And, and if you ask most of, of them, their social answer is going to be, oh, no, I'm good. No, I'm all right. I'm fine. No, we good. No, we good. Yeah, yeah, I was in Whole Foods this week. Yeah, I couldn't. I, we had to leave there and go to Publix or Safeway or Albertson because we couldn't afford the, I can't, I can't feed my kids with organics. No, we're all good until we get the cancer. No, we're all good until my mom gets sick. No, we're all good until the car crash. No, we're all good until health care fails us. See, see, so everybody's all good until they ain't all good. And then what they do is they criticize me for my bad English. Well, my English is good, but my, my, my English is bad, but my bank accounts, they healthy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, that's a trade-off I think most people would make in life. So, yeah. uh, so obsession, I think, is, is a scary word for many people because it, you know, it reeks of this commitment of doing more perhaps than they're being comfortable or, or maybe of life being out of balance. But I mean, you talk about obsession as being a means to achieve balance. So what, what did you mean by that? Yeah, yeah, what I meant, yeah, I wrote a book called Be Obsessed or Be Average. And I'm basically encouraging people to own their obsessions, to grab them, use them. Like, like to feed the beast, to feed the parts of you that want to be great, that want to be rich, that want to be phenomenal, that wants to be the star. And I know I know people right now, I don't need all that. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, find, a, find that. When you were a kid, you thought about being a superman or a superwoman or an astronaut, or super rich. You know, I meet kids, and I'm like, what do you want, man? I want to be, I want to have all the money in the whole world. Like, you mean all of it? All of it. I want to have every penny and every, I'm like, only a kid would think that big, right? But, but it is the right way to think, and to be obsessed with that, right? I want to give people permission to be obsessed with what you wanted as a kid. Because if you don't, if you don't own the obsession, all that energy, all that energy that you had somewhere long ago or maybe last weekend is going to come out in some weird, funky way. Okay, All that energy is going to come out some weird, like, oh, now I'm obsessed with how my mom feels about me or I'm insecure <laughs> or, you know, I, you know, I'm worried everybody's going to get me sick. You know, the weird obsessions, the bipolar, ADD, ADHD, all the problematic stuff. So look, everybody, everybody that's great on this planet that me and you know, the Steve Jobs to the Jesus Christ and everybody in between, they were all obsessed. Well, you've, <laughs> you know, one of the big obstacles I find oftentimes when we're, we're trying to get people motivated is, and you wrote about this, is you can't get people to turn the TV off rather than spend an hour or two in performing or you know doing something to improve their craft. 
people are spectators. Yeah, people are spectators. So, uh, you know, a man told me once, he's like, Grant, safest place, no matter how dangerous it looks, the safest place is on the field. It's not in the stands, and it's not at home. Be on the field, buddy. All the admiration on this planet, all the attention is on the field. It is not in the stands, unless there's drama. It's not at home, unless there's drama. Okay, the game is played on the field. So is there a, a conflict between the obsession and the need to be able to serve others? I don't, I'm, I'm obsessed with serving others. So I don't have a conflict. See, drug addiction, you can't serve anybody. That's an obsession. I mean, I'm obsessed with drugs. But that's not an obsession by choice. The guy is now addicted. He, is, he, do, he doesn't have choice involved anymore, right? The alcoholism... Whatever, you know, the guy who's watching porn all the time, whatever the, the weird thing is, you're playing games constantly, you can't get undone from the gambling addiction. These these people basically, they, they don't have a disease, man. They, they, they have misguided obsessions. And, and so all those people, by the way, basically uh, suppress, in my mind, I believe suppress some other desire to be unique or great or phenomenal. And they sat on it and, and the drugs or the porn or whatever gives them a relief, right? It's a sense of relief until one day they don't have a choice in it anymore. So for me, be, I'm obsessed with helping people. I mean, otherwise, why would I be doing this with you today, man? Because <laughs> the check you sent me didn't cash. Yeah, surprise, I'm best surprise about that. So is, <laughs> is this... Uh... What can we do at a sort of educational level? Because you know now we're seeing more sales programs coming into schools or universities and colleges. But but is any of this something that we can handle? Sort of start handling at that level. Again, I think people need financial literacy too. You know, and 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 you know, what if you were 15 years old and you'd have been taught how much money you actually need? I mean, <clears throat> were you even taught anything about money as a kid, other uh, than your dad, daddy telling you a penny saved is? Not much, no. Yeah. So, you know, our parents taught us to save money, but never taught us how to make it. They you were basically taught everything out of sequence. Yeah. Saving save money means nothing if you don't know how to make it. Then, then I would have to be taught how much I need to make. And then at some point, well, how do I make money? Oh, go to sales. What is sales? Sales is when you basically find a problem someone else has and you fulfill it with a product or service that you have. And they exchange for that money. And how much money do I need again? You need lots and lots of money. So I would say that you need like at least a hundred grand a month, twenty-five thousand a week. You know, it's five thousand dollars a day. If you work, if you work uh, fifteen hours like I do, it's only like three hundred fifty dollars an hour. People there. make it. Sure. The money's available. It's on the planet, and then I can still sleep eight hours. Money. I need <laughs> lots of it. So, the sales idea is starting to sound better and better to me all the time. So you want to get into it? Yeah, exactly. See what I'm saying? There you go. Rather than, hey, you got to get a job when you get out of college. Oh, yeah, what do you want to be? Uh, I don't know. I want to be a veterinarian. Okay, well, veterinarians don't get rich. Okay, I don't know any to make a million dollars. Oh, I, I, I'm going to give up on that idea. Uh, who, who makes all the money? Sales. Justin <laughs> Bieber's a salesman. Sure, absolutely. All those guys are. Tom Cruise, if Tom Cruise, if people don't buy his tickets, he ain't getting his $20 million. 
Yeah, I mean, you. So that's an interesting question. I, I imagine you probably know some people in show business and so on. Is is you ever had a talk with them about sales? What they sort of consider sort of their sales secrets? Have you yeah, ever- I, was talking to, I was talking to DJ Carnage this weekend. He's a rapper, right? Right. He does, uh, you know, audiences that have 25. I said, DJ, you need to get to Miami, dude, and we need to work on the sales game, baby. We need to get your sales game right. We need to be sure you get, you're maxing out your dollars, getting all the money you can, all the ching chang and the guala guala and the ding dongs. <laughs> Okay, whether you get paid in euros or US, bro, it don't matter. Number one, it's gotta be enough, and number two, we gotta figure out how to multiply. There's three things that people don't know about money. They don't know how to make it, they don't know how to keep it, they don't know how to multiply. If you could learn those three simple things, how much do I need to make, how much do I need to keep, and how much do I need to multiply? If you're getting paycheck to paycheck, even if you make a million dollars a year, okay? If you're making a million dollars a year and spending a million dollars a year, sooner or later, you're gonna quit making a million dollars a year. Right. Because you're going to realize I can't win at this game, right? So our target is 40%. If a guy earns a million, he should keep 400 grand. 400 grand after all expenses, all living, all investments, he should have 400 grand left over to start multiplying. He, he, should, he should be able to operate on a 40% ratio. But to have 40% left over, man, you've got to make a lot of money. And that's for 40% after taxes? 40% after taxes. So I got to make a lot of money to do that, man. I got I got to know where my money's going. So I'm telling DJ, DJ, we got to focus on the money, baby. We got to focus on how much money there is left over, and then what we do with it. So whether you're in the movie business, I talk, I'm talking to a person who's 23 years. She's had a hit TV show every year for the last 20 out of 23 years, and and she's talking to me about one thing. Man, man, what, what, what am I? I need some money. So even people at the top levels, man, have trouble with this game because they never, number one, they don't learn the sales game. They turn it over to an agent to cut their deals. And number two, they never get into a place where they can multiply their money. So interesting comment about agents. So do you think the celebrities, actors should be cutting their own deals, cutting the agents out? LeBron LeBron is. Sure. He's his own agency, right? Okay, Michael Jordan did. Dude, all the players have control, bro. Control equals income. Interesting. Come on. Come on, man. You know that. Control. Okay. Now, I don't need to control my jet. I don't fly the jet. I just need to know that the two pilots that get in the front, they know, they, they, they think we're going to get to the other side. Right. So that is control, right? Mm-hmm. So, so I need control of time. I need control of money. I need control of the environment around me. Where you don't have control, where you lose control, you will fail. And that pertains a lot to sales. Absolutely. You don't control the sales cycle, you don't make the, the sale. They control it, you don't make it. Well, that think- doesn't mean I need to be in control of the customer, by the way. It needs to be, it, I, I need to be in control of the sales cycle, not the person. Right. Yeah, I mean, you can't control other people like that. So, so I guess what, back to this issue of control. Is, is, so we started touching on it earlier. Is there's you know, this obsession with managers have on metrics, key performance indicators, and so on, versus actually connecting with people and and uh, selling with heart. Well, they're not in control, man. Those people that are just like looking at metrics and, and, and numbers, they're, they're not in control. That's why they're doing that. They're like, I got to see the numbers. Okay. So why don't you just pick up the phone and sell something? <clears throat> see, the reason they're chasing the numbers is because the sales are off. And the reason they're not on the phone fixing it instead of running around like an idiot, you know, or going to another conference, 
to try to get the metrics of what they should be or talking about how to reduce expenses. The reason they're on defense is because they ain't on offense. And offense in sales would be pick up the damn phone, man, make a call and sell something. Get in front of a customer, sell something. Close a deal and get some money. Income solves a lot of problems. Yeah, well, I think people that also focus on metrics, to your point, is they've never picked up a phone and called, right? Too often now, at least in the tech business, you see managers being promoted that were never in sales. I mean, look, metrics are important, managers are important, but managers aren't stars, man. Let's keep it real. <laughs> That's right. Managers aren't going to meet Tom Brady no. Billis, like, you know, or the owner. They're managers. I mean, they're managers for a reason. We, we didn't call them superstars. So, so, but, but I do need managers. I mean, they're critical and they're vital, right? I, I, I need, I need a navigation. I need, I, I need, I need that. And then middle people, particularly the middle level people need a lot, a lot of support, right? How do sure. I do this? And how do I do that? And maybe hold me accountable. And the company needs to know that they're doing that so that they're giving their employees the best opportunity. But a superstar don't need all that. So let me ask you a question about the future of sales. Because there's a lot being written about uh, you know, the increased influx of artificial intelligence, machine learning, bots, and so on. Um, what do you see start happening in B2B sales over the next three to five years? Are some trends and what people should be doing about it? Look, look if, you're, if, you're in the, if you're average, you should, be, you should be feeling like T-Rex right now. You know, we know what happened to him. Right. You know, so you need better. You need better learn how to live in the ocean at six thousand feet below the sea level, because you're about to be extinct. So what do they or, do? You better get great. You better get great, because there's not going to be anything in between. You will be replaced by a robot. So if they had to focus on two things to become great, what would you recommend? Frequency number one. Frequency. Nobody gets great being infrequent. You got to be frequent. You have to kick up the volume of your activity at least ten times. Whatever you think is enough, you're wrong, okay? Just multiply by times 10. So if you're making 70 grand, your target should be 700,000. If you're making 700 grand, your target should be 7 million. You do the same thing on phone calls, okay? So look, look you, can't, you can't make the schools where your kids go 10 times better. You can change your income by 10 times. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah. I can't, I can't change my product. I cannot improve my product 10 times. I can improve the number of customers I talk to by 10 times. So number one, I would increase the frequency. And number two, I would get away from everyone that, that contradicts the message I'm giving you right now. I would quit reading anything and everything about inner child, love yourself, the four-hour work week, Life is to be enjoyed. This is all bullshit, okay? Time management. There is no time management. Time is made up. It's completely made up. So how can you manage something that's freaking made up? All right? So you, you got to pick a side, okay? Pick a side. You're not going to be frequent if you don't pick a side. Pick a side. You want to be average or you want to be great? Because that's your only two choices. There's no losing here. There's losing and there, there's, there's basically everybody that's barely getting by. I mean, if we really look at it, if everybody got really, really honest, the only people that are winning, look at Amazon. He's going to win big. Yeah. Why? Because he went big. He went wide. He went deep. He went everywhere. He put it all on the line. So, so that's who's going to win in the future. 
not guys that are waiting, asking, am I going to be replaced? But guys that are actually like, hey, man, let's replace everything that takes too long. Let's replace everything that's average, okay? Bank tellers, uh, postal workers. Uh, let's just go over the list. TSA. Sales uh, development every, reps. Uh, J.C. Penney's, uh, Macy's, uh, uh, car, dealers, car salesmen and car dealerships, uh, bank tellers. Anywhere I got to wait, man. Uh, 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 the, the, the McDonald's chick. The girl that she's been bitching about her ten dollar an hour job. You know what? She ain't gonna have one in the future. She's gonna be like, ah. <laughs> so everywhere there's average teachers. You're gonna go away. These teachers gone. Taxi cabs history. Oh yeah. This is happening. This is not gonna happen. This is happening. So if you were going to look at what you teach right now and say, okay, yeah. what, am I, what, are, what am I teaching that's new in two to three years? What's that going to be? Well, first of all, we teach a much, we've been for years now teaching a much, a collapsed sales process. It's much tighter. It's not wrong. It's not the old school, you know, like the more time you spend with the customer, the better off you are. It's not even true, okay? The less time no. you spend with somebody, the better off you are. Yeah, they, they don't Everybody want, wins. <laughs> yeah, they don't want to spend time with you, your buyers. Yeah, go ahead. Hey, I don't want to spend time with them either. So, and, I, and look, I, I sell very high complex, very, very high-end, uh, everything from million-dollar, multi-million-dollar programs to companies to uh, I'm raising $40 million for a fund right now, mm -hmm. okay? We, we don't spend more time with people. We spend less time with them. But we have a very systematic, short, tight, transparent sales process. So I would tell people, you need to be transparent. You need to initiate all issues. Don't wait for them to. You need to set your intentions early, not late. Price should come first, not later. So we've completely flipped the sales model upside down. Um, half of our business comes online. 40% uh, uh, of our business comes online, 40% traditional, either business to business, door to door, or phone, over the phone, and then 20% comes in person, where we're actually in front of a person. Mm -hmm. uh, so what would I tell people, man? Dude, 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 look, look. Pay attention to what I'm doing. You're going to see exactly the future of sales. All right. Love it. All right. Well, Grant, we've just run out of time, but uh, really appreciate you being on the show. Tell folks how they can connect with you. Uh, just where, wherever you wherever you're online, put in my name, Grant Cardone. If you can't find me, you're not trying. <laughs> well, yeah. you don't need to make another sale. All right, yeah, you're pretty ubiquitous out there, and and uh, yeah, you search for Grant, uh, they'll find you. All right, Grant, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you. All right. Friends, thank you for spending this time with us. Make sure you come back again tomorrow for another great episode of Accelerate. So until next time, this is Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone. <laughs>